and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger, and we thank you for joining us today for Labors in the Harvest podcast. Uh, This is episode three, part two, and we continue on this week with our conversation with our guest, Dr. Ken Fielder, Director of Worldview Ministries. If you didn't listen to part one, we hope that you'll take a few moments to go back and listen to that part of it, and then we pick up our conversation as uh, Dr. Fielder shares with us about his journey in ministry and how God has directed him now to the position he's in. And, uh, of course, our whole idea is just to encourage folks that they would understand that God takes ordinary people and uh, takes them and then begins to work in their life to develop them to do something wonderful for Him. I think you'll find that's true in the life of Ken Fielder and also be true in your life if you, as you seek to serve the Lord. So sit back and listen and hope you'll enjoy the next few moments as we can finish our conversation with Dr. Ken Fielder today on Labors in the Harvest podcast. Hey, this is Kevin Folger. We want to welcome you to Labors in the Harvest podcast, and it's a great joy to have as my guest for the second segment, which we started last week uh, with uh, Brother Ken Fielder, who's the uh, the director of Worldview Ministries in Danville, Indiana, and they have a focus of uh, translating the scripture and uh, getting it in the languages where people have none and trying to get the word of God there. Brother Fielder, thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you. Yeah. Well, uh, we want to pick up our conversation. We had finished last week. You were talking about your first uh, full-time situation, getting out of uh, Bible college and going to work for a man, worked there three years, and then God led you to start a church in Mansfield, Ohio. So let's talk a little bit about that. What did God use uh, to take you to Mansfield and what was involved in those steps? Well, while I was serving as an assistant pastor, we had a guest speaker come through and I had been struggling in my heart about, about when God would move me into the pastorate. I knew he would. I didn't want to get ahead of him about it, of course. But um, in the middle of his message, he said, um, he just made the statement. He was preaching on the life of Christ. And he made the statement that Jesus started his earthly ministry when he was 30 years old. And I was 29. I was about to turn 30. And it seemed like the Lord said to me at that moment, uh, you will too mm-hmm. uh, when you turn 30 years old. So it wasn't long after that that the Lord moved me away from that ministry, and there was a group of people there in Mansfield that wanted to start a church, and uh, just through circumstances and different things, the Lord put us together, and uh, we we just we got off to a great start. God gave us a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful ministry there for 13 more years. Mm-hmm. So, so when you guys got started, did you, uh, did you have like a storefront? Did you start in the house? What did you, you start in? We actually met the first two or three Sundays in a barn. <laughs> out in the country. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was like a wedding venue. People would have different events oh, sure. there. Uh-huh. And um, one of the families there uh, 
was kind of the caretaker of that facility. So we started there for the first two or three weeks. And then we, we were in a rented building for nine years. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, eventually bought our own piece of property. Once we got that paid off, we started construction of the building. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the 10th year, we moved into a, a brand new facility out on the west side of town. So it's West Side Baptist Church. Right. So when it started, what was the name of the church? Because it transitioned when you moved. Is that correct? Right. We originally named it Landmark. Okay. All right. And I really wasn't aware of the connotation that came with that name mm-hmm. when we first started. And uh, through the years, I would get phone calls asking about different doctrinal issues. Do you <laughs> identify with this? You, I didn't. I would say, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> so I really felt the need to change it when we moved. Yeah, sure. Well, while you were pastoring there, my uh, uncle, I think, was also pastoring in the Mansfield area, and you guys became yes. good friends. And uh, I yes. sure miss him. He was a great man. So, yes, I do too. Yeah. Um, he would preach for me once in a while, fill the yeah. pulpit for me when I was out of town. Yeah, and, uh, I came to love him very much. Yeah. He. Uh, of course, he and my dad were twin twins, identical twins, and those guys were so much alike. And boy, were they characters! <laughs> they were funny. Your, your uncle was funny. Yeah, he enjoyed life, that's for sure. And uh, sure, as she I did. said, sure do miss them. They've both been in heaven for a while now, and well, one of these days will be a glad, grand reunion. So yes, you you ended up pastoring. How long did you say? Uh, Thirteen years there, 13 years. Westside. Okay, so um, I think in the beginning of our conversation, you, you talked about you know. God moving you, and it was difficult uh, to move from the pastorate into this new mm-hmm. realm. So let's talk a little bit about that. W- what happened, and uh, how did God stir in your heart and really burden you for the the new ministry? I always believed that when when God was finished with me in pastoral ministry, I would be in missions in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I knew the Lord wanted me to pastor, I told the Lord, "I'll go anywhere you want, but wherever you put me, would you please leave me there for thirty years?" Mm-hmm. That was really the strong desire of my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, after 13 years there, the Lord started turning my heart in a different direction. I was taking, I was working on a master's degree at Pensacola Theological Seminary, and I was down there for a class. And something just started changing in my heart. And I can't explain it except that God was beginning to work and, and turn our direction. But I came back home after that two weeks of class, and and the Lord was it took me three months to figure this out. Okay. But the Lord was taking the pastorate out of my heart mm-hmm. and I grieved over it. It was a very traumatic time for me. I, I kept telling the Lord, I'm already surrendered to you. I'm a pastor. What do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but over a period of three months, the Lord just kept working in my heart. And this is kind of funny, but one of the ways, one of the ways that I knew I was done pastoring is my wife and I were sitting in the office planning a Valentine banquet. And we were talking about all the different people will sign up to help us with this. And mm-hmm. so-and-so can help us with the decorations and this person can help with the food. And we're just making those preliminary plans. And I was actually sitting there behind my desk thinking if I ever have to plan another Valentine bank, but I'm just going to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a wake up moment too. Like yeah. you don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And, and, but it was very traumatic. I yeah. prayed and fasted for an entire month. Mm just trying to discern the Lord's will. And once again, I was in a church service somewhere at a conference and um, they happened to be singing uh, a song that says uh, it's a mission song. It says, here am I, I will go. Mm-hmm. And I had been learning about unreached people groups and Bibleist people groups. And that, that knowledge of that kept growing bigger and bigger in my heart. 
And um, while they were singing that song, they actually went through it two or three different times in that service. Um, I just looked up at the Lord. I was crying my eyes out. I just looked up at the Lord and I said, I said, what do you want? I know you're speaking to me, but what do you want? And the Lord seemed to say, listen to that song. Mm -hmm. I said, I've listened to it three times already. What do you want? (laughs) Uh, And the Lord said, listen to it again. And so I finally just looked up the Lord in total desperation. I said, okay, I'll go. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And it wasn't, but just a week later, the Lord made it very clear. It was time to resign the church and get involved to try to make a difference in the area of Bible translation. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just made, it was made so clear after that. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't miss it. Right. I really believe when, when you, I think what God was waiting for was for me just to say, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stop trying to stay where I was, stop trying to, to control my own life. And when I surrendered, there was great peace. And you've heard that testimony a lot of times, I'm sure. But um, I, I've always said to young people, if you want God's will, you can't miss it mm-hmm. uh, because he'll make it very clear to you. Right. So after I surrendered, the Lord made it very clear to me uh, that this is what I was supposed to do. So you didn't immediately uh, found Worldview Ministries at that point. Um, was there, again, s- several steps along the way sure. that got you to, to where you were that you founded this particular ministry? Yes. Um, about two years prior to that, Dr. Charles Keene had come and actually joined my church mm. after he retired from uh, Milford, Ohio. And he's the, he's the one that's humanly responsible for informing me about the unreached people groups. And Bible. What a great man. I'm telling you, that guy, his vision is unbelievable. Yeah. He is a great man of vision. That's yeah. for sure. Sure. Yeah. So uh, when I resigned the church, I actually worked with him for about four years mm-hmm. uh, at First Bible International. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was preparing to make some transitions in leadership, um, he challenged me to go start my own ministry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we did that and we launched there at that point out of Faith Baptist Church. That was in June of 2010. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Dr. Keene and I are still very good friends. Uh, he has actually contributed to our projects and supported our ministry and been a very good friend to me all through these years. And I appreciate his influence in my life. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, again, he's a, you can't be around Dr. Keene very long before you are challenged uh, about the needs of the world and, and uh, being involved, that's for sure. So um, I know that uh, you've been to India uh, on, and obviously probably several other nations, Um one of the guys that uh, I know that you go to regularly is Dr. P.D. Cherry in there at South yes. India Baptist Bible College and Seminary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Dr. Cherry is just an unusual man. And sure, God has blessed that work. That's for sure. Um, but when you think about what God is doing in this world, um, you know, are, are there some particular things that, again, as you're doing what you're doing, that God has just used to keep you challenged uh, about the need? Yes, sir. The door that the Lord opened for us there in South India with Dr. Cherian uh, has been an amazing opportunity for us. Um, I've been I've been to India 19 times now mm. in the last 15 years. <clears throat> but we have a uh, we have a school on his campus. Okay. It's called Worldview Institute. It's a two-year master's degree program where we train Bible translators. Oh, that's great. Uh, we, we teach linguistics, we teach biblical languages, and we teach Bible translation philosophy. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we maintain a small class size on purpose. We have maybe uh, 15 students or less each year. 
uh, that go through our program. And then we're working with some of those students in Bible translation now in, in their own languages. Mm. And uh, we also host a, an annual pastor's conference there on the campus of the college. Uh, every year at the end of February, I take a team of pastors with me. And we did go last year. We came back home right before everything started shutting down. Yeah. We have we have had to cancel this year. We will not have the conference this right. year. We've done it for 12 years in a row now, but mm-hmm. this will be our first year not to do it. Yeah. Um, but, but continually going to the field and seeing the need and then seeing these students, particularly in India, these students that some of them speak four or five different languages, but they come from an area where they have no Bible in their own language. Mm. And um, our desire is to not only train them and turn them loose, but our desire is to partner with them. I should say not to train them and turn them loose, but to partner with them to see the scripture translated in their language. Okay. Very good. Um, I know that a, a couple of years ago you were on a trip and you got extremely ill, came close to dying. Can you talk just a little bit about that situation? <laughs> I can. Yes, sir. That was actually six years ago now. Has it been six years? I can't believe time it. Fly. Time flies. Yes. Yeah. I heard a preacher say the other day, you're going to get to the point where time flies, whether you're having fun or not. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. So time's flying. But um, yeah. in uh, 2014, we had gone to Nepal and uh, one of my staff members and I uh, were on a trip there to visit our project in, in uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. And we both got serious food poisoning from some chicken that we ate. Mm. Uh, we flew home, both of us sick as we could be. He ended up in the hospital a couple of times with the food poisoning. I didn't go to the hospital, but I was sick for three weeks. And then it was time to go to Uganda. We had a special conference we were doing over there and training sessions for our, for our translators. And I I wasn't sure I should go, but I really felt the Lord wanted me to. So I literally got up off the couch and went and got on the plane. I mean, just, I was down for three weeks. Wow. And I, I ate almost nothing all the way over there. And when we arrived in Uganda, uh, it was a strange thing, but I felt fine. Mm. I functioned normally the entire time we were in, in Uganda, but I got one mosquito bite. Wow. And I was FaceTiming with my wife and I, she said, do you, do you get any mosquito bites? And I pointed to my arm, my, my uh, bicep area. I said, yeah, I got one right there. And um, so I came home. I was home for about eight or nine days not feeling good, but just thinking I was weak and, and, and my, my resistance was down because of being sick for so long. But after about the ninth day, it was actually the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, I had not slept all night and I walked into the living room. My wife was sitting there and uh, she said, do you think you might have malaria? And my eyes got about as big as saucers. I think I said, we need to go to the hospital right now. And so about one o'clock Friday, uh, Friday, one o'clock right after lunch there, we arrived at the emergency room and my blood pressure was 50 over 33. And I was on my way out. I really was. Mm -hmm. And they, they moved me from critical care emergency to ICU to cardiac ICU all in a matter of about 10 hours. Mm. And I was in the hospital for seven days my heart actually stopped once the medicine they were giving me was just too much. My system was already too weak at that point. Mm. Um, the nurse ran out to get the crash cart. My wife tells me, and when she came back in the room, my heart started back up on its own, mm. but unbeknownst to us, my sister was posting these updates on Facebook about what was going on. 
mm. and people started praying for us. And I still meet people today who say, I prayed for you when you almost died. Wow. Um, but the Lord began to, the doctor didn't think I would live. He, mm. he was preparing my wife for my death. Mm. And um, they took me off the medicine because it was, it was stopping my heart. And about, uh, I don't know, 24 hours later, they started me back on a lower dose of the medicine. Mm. And I guess God, God brought me out of it because he wasn't through with me yet. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you the, uh, taking the time to be with us on the podcast. And uh, as we're kind of concluding today, I'd like you to just kind of challenge those folks that may be listening about the need uh, specifically of reaching unreached people groups and what they can do to be involved. So would you just take a few moments to do that, Dr. Fielder? Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, Worldview Ministries, uh, there are several different ways you could serve with Worldview Ministries, but but our prayer, constant prayer, is that God would send us, send us laborers uh, who are prepared to commit themselves to a lifetime of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bible translation is a unique, uh, unique calling. There are certain... Um, qualifications and giftings perhaps that a person would need. Um, I think there's three major areas that a person needs to be knowledgeable in to be involved in Bible translation. One is linguistics, which is the science of languages, learning how to learn languages, learning the sounds that are made by the human voice and how to recognize those sounds in other languages and so forth. Uh, Biblical languages are necessary because we translate from the Greek and the Hebrew. Bible translation philosophy is necessary because uh, we, we want to translate the Bible the right way. Right. Uh, we take a very conservative approach to it. Uh, accuracy is the first goal. Uh, clarity and readability uh, falls in behind that. But we want to be true to the original text. Uh, we use the Texas Receptus in our translation. So there are, as we mentioned earlier, there's over 7,100 languages, only 700 of those. 698 of those have a whole Bible. 3,733 of them still don't have one verse of scripture. And so our goal is to get to as many of those as we can while the Lord gives us opportunity. We're working on nine of those right now. I'm sorry, working on eight of those, uh, eight projects. We have the school in India we were talking about. And then we have uh, projects in Myanmar, uh, Nepal, which we are targeting Tibetan languages. And there's about 80 Tibetan languages that don't have a whole Bible. Hmm. Um, we're targeting a family of languages in Central Asia. Uh, that's 10 or 11 languages. Several of those are unwritten. We're targeting uh, three different Ugandan languages. We have finished the New Testament in one of those. We dedicated it back in April of 2019. That was a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, then we are launching very soon. Our, our uh, associate is on deputation right now and getting some more linguistics training, but we're launching a project in Armenia and we're targeting an Iranian language. Mm -hmm. And uh, most people think of Iran, they think of, uh, well, they all speak Farsi or it's also called Persian, but there are several languages spoken in Iran. One of them is called Luri and we're going to be translating the new Testament in that language. Uh, The unique opportunity there is that in Armenia, in the capital city of Armenia, there's a university where many Iranian students come out to learn other languages and we're praying and we believe really we're confident that the Lord will cross our path with some Lurie speaking people from Iran that we can win to Christ and disciple and they can, we can train them then to help us with the translation. That's wonderful. The need is great. 
Well, I, I sure appreciate uh, the work and the vision that God's given to you. And um, I, I cannot encourage you and uh, your staff enough. Uh, you know, of course, we have a desire to punch a lot of holes in some dark places in this world. Yes, sir. And certainly the word of God is necessary for that. And so appreciate that. Well, thank you, uh, Brother Fielder. And we want to thank our listeners for being a part of today's uh, Labors in the Harvest podcast. Hope that you join us again next week. Thank you. It's been a joy. Well, I sure hope you've enjoyed the last two weeks of our conversation with Dr. Ken Fielder, the Director of Worldview Ministries out of uh, Danville, Indiana. And I would encourage you, if you have an interest in uh, what he is doing, to reach out to him if you're a pastor, perhaps to have him in for a meeting, or at least to have some representative of Worldview into your church. Again, I can vouch for the credibility of this ministry and the heart that uh, Brother Fielder and those associated with him have to try to make a difference in our world, specifically in getting the Word of God translated into languages where we have none right now, no word. Isn't it tragic when we stop to think about the fact that there are over 3,700 languages that don't even have a portion of the Bible? We've got our work cut out for us, and we're grateful for ministries like Worldview. So thanks again for being a part of Labors in the Harvest this week. It's our prayer that next week, that as you join us again, that God will use our conversation that we have with someone laboring in the harvest to be a real blessing to you and encouragement. May God bless you. May you have a great, great week as you serve the Lord. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.